Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Our next guest expects best-of-class excellence. He has spent his life fighting on his principles, and now Tough Love is back in business, baby. New episodes of Bar Rescue, they're out now and available Sundays on Paramount. John Taffer, how are you, John? Hey, Jeffrey, how are you, man? Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you. I was uh, reading up on you, and I know you credit your mom a lot for molding you into this no-nonsense, successful, tough-loving guy <laughs> you are today. Were, were you little Johnny to your mom? What was it like growing up as... Little John Taffer. Well, little Johnny better be a good boy, or little Johnny was going to get his butt kicked. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, you know, I learned how to make my mother smile at a very young age. Because when, when I could get her to smile, uh, my life was a lot more enjoyable. And you've always been a guy. You even wrote a book about it to not back down from conflict. Uh, is this something that your mother instilled in you? You definitely like to speak up when uh, you you think you need to stand on your principles, right? I'm not sure if my mother instilled that in me or just, you know, going through life has instilled that in me. But, yeah, I'm one who, who's pretty vocal about what I feel. And, you know, bar rescue is interesting, Gentry, because I go to save a bar. But, you know, at home there's a spouse in a house that they're about to lose. They've already lost one car. They don't have money for new sneakers for their kids. You know, there's, there's a lot on the line here. It's a lot more than a bar. This family is sinking. I've worked in the bar business. I never owned one, thankfully, but... Maybe if I had you consulting, I, I would be happy about it. But I've always noticed in business it takes money to make money. And when you're exploring yeah. a new opportunity, what do you think a minimum amount of capital an owner needs to run a startup restaurant? How, how many months of, of capital do you need if you're going into the restaurant business, you think? Well, that's a, I love the way you set up that question because I, I want to sound like Vince Lombardi for a minute. Remember he said he never lost a football game? He only ran out of time. I can't tell you how many bars and restaurants I've seen that would have been successful had they not run out of money. And, you know, if you were opening a new place, Gentry, and you never owned one before, you need some extra money to cover your mistakes. It might take you four to five to six months before you figure it all out, get the right team, the right managers in place. And if you run out of money in three months, you're in big trouble. So my answer to you is six months at least. And then Be prepared. How about... How about the guy who I, I have a friend who opened a business a week before the pandemic hit? And, you know, fortunately, he had enough money to, to pay his rent and stuff during the pandemic. But you never know exactly what's going to happen. So pad yourself with extra money to cover time and mistakes. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. I'm so excited to have such a great entrepreneur and businessman on the phone with us here. New season of Bar Rescue. Make sure you check out our guest, John Taffer, Sundays on Paramount. Another good business question for you here, John. What percentage of these gross sales should I have going towards my marketing? 
Because I think some people make the mistake of spending too much. Some people don't spend enough. What is the sweet spot, John? I, I, it depends upon exactly what type of business. But generally speaking, Gentry, I would say between 4 and 6% would be an appropriate spend in marketing. But, you know, it all depends upon what you do. Years ago, I did something interesting. I said to myself, I'm not going to market. I'm going to give away the same amount of money in free food. And I had the best ribs in the world. This was in, in, in Texas, in Arlington, Texas. So I sent out postcards. I had the best ribs in the world. Come to my restaurant, try a rib dinner completely free. Present this card. People came to the restaurant. They ate the food. They had a wonderful time. I got them to come back with additional coupons and stuff. And giving that product away and doing that plan was marketing expense. So difference was I didn't pay till they came. Because I didn't have to give them the meal until they came. So marketing is a lot of things. It isn't just ads and newspapers or radio spots or TV spots. It's comp food. It's working programs for hotel concierges in your community, for organizations in your community, for meeting planners in your community. Sometimes the best marketing you can do is giving stuff away sometimes. There's so many things that go on. Right people at the right time. I don't know how you keep up with it all. There's so many aspects of uh, creating a great bar and a great atmosphere and and great marketing, but I know you learned a lot. What an amazing story. If you don't know John Taffer's story, you should pick up one of his uh, books, uh, Don't Bullshit Yourself, Raise the Bar, which is a great one, and his most recent one, The Power of Conflict. But I found it interesting reading one of your books that you were a drummer back in the day, so we know you got rhythm, so you're probably good with the ju- with the jukebox. We know that. Uh, it's 1978. You're a drummer in a band, and you decide... You're going to try something new. The doorman at the famed Troubadour. And I guess that gig cemented passion in you. And that job taught you a lot, right? The Troub? It did. You know, it did. Working it, it, obviously, you know your stuff, Trenchy, when you call it the Troub. You bet. You know, the Troubadour was a really famous, famous venue. Lenny Bruce was arrested in 1963 for saying, Mother blank, uh, uh, on, uh, uh, on the stage. But it's a great venue, and I started there as a doorman, and one day they threw the keys at me, and I became manager. And here I am managing this historic venue. But I'll tell you a funny story. When I took over to Troubadour, there was a flood in the kitchen, and the water was about three, four inches deep. And we did not have the money to fix the plumbing. So I bought a bunch of pallets, and we threw the pallets on the floor, and everybody walked on the pallets with the water underneath us until we could raise the money to fix the plumbing. You know, in those days, you did what you had to do to survive. You got any Motley Crue or Guns N' Roses story, James Taylor? I mean, a lot of great artists end up, uh, you know, making it big uh, by playing at that bar. Absolutely. One of the greatest lists of all time. But, you know, when I was there, these are the 79, 80, 81, 82, the bands were Black Flag, Adamant, Fear, uh, uh, you know, the Dead Kennedys. I remember the Dead Kennedys Cadillac with Dead Kennedys written on the side of it. That picture was taken in front of the troubadour of the car and on their album cover. But those are all the bands that I remember. I also remember the Knack. Remember the Knack? Oh, My yeah. Sharona? My Sharona in the 80s. Yep. They came out of the Troubadour. Yeah, absolutely. They came out of the Troubadour as well. And it was unbelievable to work in a venue that had such unbelievable history, Gentry. That's really cool. You feel like you're a part of something when you work in a place like that. And when you talk about history, John, I know bars hold a distinguished place in American history. I mean, the second public building in America was a pub, for God's sakes. We've been drinking for, for a long time. Where else can you get a plumber, a lawyer, and a hooker to talk about, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness do you, do you still enjoy hanging out at a bar at, at your age? Because I know uh, my wife, she doesn't really like me to hang out at the bar as much. I, I, I do, though, enjoy 
the camaraderie of uh, sitting belly up and having a beer. There's something to say for that, right? Absolutely. You know, you can have that beer at home, but what you can't have is the people sitting next to you at home. And that's what makes a bar great. You know, when they're great, Gentry, they're part of the fabric of the community. We enjoy being around each other. And, you know, in a bar, we all become the same. Color disappears, you know, social status disappears, economics disappear. And, you know, we can all be friends in those environments. I think we need more of that in life. I think we need more places where we connect with each other, more places where we look in each other's eyes. I think everything about the bar business and its impact on our society has been nothing but positive. And by the way, the first distiller in America was George Washington. I didn't know that. You do know your alcoholic history, and I love that about you. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Uh, John Taffer, our guest, make sure you check out new episodes of Bar Rescue every Sunday night on Paramount. You know, I, I like uh, smoking a J here uh, now and then. You know, now now it's kind of cool to smoke some marijuana, especially in the states where it's legally allowed. Uh, are you thinking that there could be a future of having bars where, say, it's called the Whiskey and Grass Bar, where you could have a shot of whiskey or maybe a pre-rolled joint, kind of like they do in Amsterdam? Do you think that's going to be a thing in the bar business? I think it's inevitable. Gentry, that it's going to happen. But here's some of the issues. You know, there's a number of people that have tried to create cannabis-infused products that you would drink, cannabis beers, cannabis spirits. Right now, the way laws are in this country, you, you'll never be able to infuse the two products into the same bottle. That's not going to happen. But to have the two of them available in the same environment, I believe that's going to happen. And it's starting to happen. I live in Las Vegas. I'm talking to you from my home in Las Vegas right now. It's going to happen. It's going to happen quickly, and it's about to happen here in Las Vegas. So I think we're going to see that, that combination, almost like the old cigar bars, if you will, Gentry. Yeah, I spend a lot of time in Vegas, and I, I, from what I hear, you know more than me, but it seems like this younger generation, they're not like the older generation where they like to go to the craps table they want to play blackjack. This new generation wants an experience. They want to see a DJ. They want to see a light show. They want to eat mushrooms. I mean, I guess that hasn't changed. But uh, what what is it about this new generation and the way Vegas is having to evolve to cater to them? Well, we have the greatest nightclubs in the world now. You know, we have nightclubs that do eighty million dollars a year. I mean, there's no city, even places like New York, Los Angeles, have clubs or properties even come close to those kinds of numbers. So, you know, we have Tiesto, we have uh, 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 some of the best DJs in the world here almost every night, the best entertainers in the world. You know, what's interesting is Las Vegas has come off of two historic quarters. Historic gaming drop is higher than ever. Profits are higher than ever. Vegas is booming right now with profitability and, and record sales and record profits for two quarters. And it is a lot of those younger people, but it isn't, it's a combination uh, of both. But, you know, people are still in the gaming for it. The gaming drop is still the same. But you're right. The young audience doesn't come to gamble. They come to go to the clubs. They come to go to the restaurants. And, but 
they gamble while they're here. The older crowd comes to gamble, and they eat while they're here. There's a difference in orientation, but they're both at the tables, Gentry, for sure. I love finding that free prime rib, you know, whenever I can out there in uh, in Vegas. I'm also, a, John, a big fan of the DoorDash and Uber Eats. I must say that I've gotten lazy. Uh, nothing like just getting on the phone and saying, hey, just deliver the food to me sometimes when you're in a pinch. Uh, what do you think as far yeah. as that model goes with the restaurants and bars you're involved in? Is that something that you think owners should shy away from? It's a distraction or is that a non-traditional way of making money? And hey, let's let's tap into that. How do you feel? Well, I think there's a lot of people like you, Gentry, who, who delivery food is a larger part of your life now than it was three, four years ago. You know, it's something you might do once a week now or so. So it is a real business opportunity, but you got to do it right. You got to have food that travels well. You got to have the right packaging. You want to seal the packaging. I did a piece on one of the news channels last year, 28% of food delivery drivers eat some of the food. 28%. Those bastards. That's not my number. That was a research number. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. But my point is you got to do it right. But here's the thing, and let me be an industry advocate for a moment. Uber Eats, DoorDash, these companies take 25% of delivering the food to the restaurant. So the restaurant virtually makes no money. Call the restaurant directly rather than those services and get the delivery from who they want you to get it from. Give them a chance to make some money. I'm very against those third-party delivery services. They need to bring their fees down so that we can all make some money. But now, try calling the restaurant directly or going to the restaurant's website and see how they want you to get the food delivered. Gives them a chance to make a little money. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. I want to talk a little music with you before we let you go. I mean, I was impressed to find out that you're a drummer. I'm looking at my Ludwig seven-piece set right now with my Zildjian cymbals, and we got a recording studio here at the station, so wish you were here to jam with us. But I'm curious, is it John Bonham, Keith Moon, Ginger Baker? Who's your guy behind behind, uh, the drums? I love Keith Moon, his energy, his dynamics. When I was a kid in high school playing in bands, we used to play Tommy top to bottom. Uh, so I knew every note of Keith Moon. He was an incredible drummer. But, you know, when you, and you, you, ha- you almost have to put Mitch Mitchells in there, too, Gentry, who, yep, who for was sure. quite a jazz drummer for, for Hendrix. But uh, uh, overall, there was something very special about Ginger Baker. You know, the way he played, the beats that he came up with. He was a jazz drummer by training. And one only has to watch the Reunion Cream concert from just a few years ago from Royal Albert Hall. When he was 68 years old, he came out of retirement and played that gig that night with as much style and finesse as he's ever had. So if I had to pick, and I hate picking Gentry, i got to tell you, but if I had to pick, I'd probably pick Baker. Yeah, what what an innovator. And uh, uh, so sad that we, he left us too soon and then finally i'll leave you with this john i look forward to coming out to vegas and having a drink with you at some point but uh what is your drink of choice by the way by the way i'm looking at my role in the v electronic set right now so i have a seven piece set that i'm staring at too mine is electronic but it has all heads on and stuff so i still play all the time excellent go-to drink yeah like if we're belly up and i'm like hey john what do you have and what are you having i'm gonna have a godfather what's in a godfather how do you make one of those i never heard of that drink 
it's in a rocks glass on the ice. You just pour it, an ounce and a half of scotch, and about a quarter ounce of amaretto floated on top. Mm, sounds delicious. Well, I look forward to uh, having a cocktail with you sometime out there in Vegas, and I look forward to watching the latest season of Bar Rescue, of course, Sunday nights on Paramount. John Taffer, uh, thank you so much for your time, and, and best of luck with the new season of the show. Uh, thanks. Great to talk to you, Gentry. Be well, my friend. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.